Welcome to this reading of the Poem of the Man-God. Thank you for joining me. The Poem of the Man-God is a private revelation of the life of Jesus of Nazareth as recorded by the visionary Maria Valtorta. Now out of print, this five-volume set of books is a narration of the life of Jesus beginning with the birth and childhood of the Virgin Mary through the public ministry of Jesus, his passion and resurrection, and closing with the Assumption into Heaven. The narration is interspersed with direct dictations from Jesus, messages for the whole world. These highly inspired visions were recorded by Maria Valtorta around the time of the Second World War, yet she did not consider herself the author. They were first published, without her name, shortly before her death, and only posthumously was her name added. My sole aim with this podcast is to share the poem of the man-god with the world. I hope you'll enjoy them as much as I have, and if you do, please share them. Thank you for listening. The Poem of the Man-God, Book 2, The Second Year of the Public Life, Number 141, Instruction to the Disciples While Going Towards Arimathea. My Lord, what shall we do with this man? Peter asked Jesus, pointing at a man whose name is Joseph and who has been following them since they left Emmaus. Joseph is now listening to the two sons of Alphaeus and to Simon Zealot, who are paying particular attention to him. I have told you he is coming with us as far as Galilee. And then, and then, he will be staying with us. You will see that that is going to happen. Is he going to be a disciple too? with that foul story about him? Are you a Pharisee too? Not me, but I think that the Pharisees are too keen on keeping an eye on us. And they will cause us trouble if they see him with us. That is what you mean. So we should allow a son of Abraham to be plunged into grief because we are afraid of being annoyed. No, Simon Peter, it is a soul that can be lost or saved according to how deep its wound is healed. But are we not your disciples? Jesus looks at Peter and smiles sweetly. He then says, One day, many months ago, I said to you, Many more will come. The field is vast, very vast. Because of its vastness, the workers will never be sufficient. Also because many, like Jonah, will die working hard. But you will always be my favored ones, concludes Jesus, drawing gloomy Peter close to himself and his promise cheers the apostles. So he is coming with us? Yes, until his heart is refreshed. He is deeply disillusioned by all the bitter hatred he has had to endure. He is indeed poisoned. Also James and John and Andrew have joined the master and are listening to him. You cannot appraise the enormous harm that a man can do another man by means of his hostile intolerance. I ask you to remember that your master was always very benign towards those who were suffering from a spiritual disease. You think that my greatest miracles and my main virtue consists in the curing of bodies. No, my friends. Yes, you too who are ahead of us and you who are behind me, come here. The road is wide and we can walk in a group. They all gather round Jesus who continues. My main deeds the ones that bear the clearest witness to my nature and my mission, the ones upon which the Father looks with joy, are the healing of hearts. 
whether they are freed from one or more capital vices or relieved from grief. Hearts are discouraged by grief when they are convinced that they have been struck and abandoned by God. What is a soul that has lost the certainty of the help of God? It is a thin bearbine crawling in the dust as it is no longer able to clutch at the idea that was its strength and its joy. It is horrible to live without hope. Life is beautiful in its hardship only because it receives such warmth from the divine sun. The aim of life is that sun. The days of man may be dismal, wet with tears and smeared with blood, but the sun will rise again. Then there will be no more grief, no separations, no harshness, no hatred, no misery or solitude in an enveloping fog. Instead, there will be the brightness and singing, serenity and peace. There will be God, God, the eternal sun. See how gloomy the earth is when there is an eclipse? If man were compelled to say, the sun is defunct, would he not feel as if he were to live forever in a dark hypogeum, buried and dead before dying? But man knows that behind the planet that hides the sun and makes the world look dismal, there is still God's bright sun. And the thought of being united to God during life is like that. If men hurt, steal, calumniate, God cures, grants, justifies, and he does so in full measure. Men may say, God has rejected you, but a confident soul thinks, must think. God is just and good. He knows all reasons and is benign. He is more benign than the most benign of men. He is infinitely so. Therefore he will not reject me if I lean my tear-stained face on his bosom and I say to him, Father, I have but you. Your son is in anguish and depressed. Give me your peace. I have been sent by God to gather those whom man has upset and Satan has overwhelmed, and I save them. That is really my work. A miracle on a body is a manifestation of divine power. The redemption of souls is the work of Jesus Christ, the Savior and Redeemer. I think, and I am not mistaken, that those who have been rehabilitated by me in the eyes of God and in their own will be my faithful disciples, the one who with greater strength will be able to lead crowds of people to God, saying, Are you sinners? So am I. Are you depressed? So am I. Are you desperate? So was I. And yet you can see that the Messiah had mercy on my spiritual distress, and he wanted me to be his priest, because he is mercy and he wants the world to be convinced of that. And no man is more suitable to convince than he who has experienced such mercy in himself. Now I will put them on a par with my friends and with those who have worshipped me since I was born, that is, I will associate them with you and with the shepherds. Nay, I will set them alongside the shepherds with those who have been cured, with those who, without any special election, like you twelve, have followed my way and will follow it as long as they live. Isaac is near Arimathea. As requested by our friend Joseph, I will take Isaac with me so that he may join Timonius when the latter arrives. You may join them, Joseph, if you think there is peace in me and a purpose for a whole life. They will be good brothers to you. Oh, my comfort! It is exactly as you say. 
my deep wounds both as a man and as a believer are being cured very quickly i have been with you three days and i feel that what was my torture only three days ago is a dream that is fading away i had that dream but the more time elapses the more its harsh details vanish before reality during the past nights i have pondered over things i have a good relative at joppa he was the involuntary cause of my trouble because it was through him that i met that woman and that will tell you whether we were in a position to know whose daughter she was true she may have been the daughter of my father's first wife but he was not the father her name was different and she came from far away she became acquainted with my relative through business transactions and that is how i met her my relative was very fond of my business i am going to make him an offer the business would come to an end without a master i am sure he will buy it also because thereby he will not feel remorse for the trouble he caused me i will then be self-sufficient and i will be able to follow you without any worry i only ask you to grant me that man isaac you mentioned i am afraid of being all alone with my thoughts they are still too sad i will let you have isaac he is a kind soul sorrow has perfected him he has carried his cross for thirty years he knows what it means to suffer in the meantime we will go ahead and you will join us at nazareth are we not stopping at joseph's joseph is probably in jerusalem the sanhedrin is very busy we will find out from isaac if he is there we will take him our peace if he is not there we will stop only one night to rest i am anxious to reach galilee there is a mother who is suffering you must remember that there are people who are keen on distressing her i want to reassure her and the vision ends from the man god book two the second year of the public life number 142 instruction to the apostles going towards samaria jesus is with the twelve apostles the region is still mountainous but since the road is quite wide they are all in a group and are speaking among themselves but now that we are all by ourselves we can talk about it why so much jealousy between the two groups asks philip jealousy it is nothing but pride replies judas of Alpheus. No, I say that it is only a pretext to justify somehow their unjust behavior towards the master. Under the cover of zeal for the Baptist, they succeed in driving him away without alienating the crowds too much, says Simon Zealot. I would unmask them. Peter, we would do many things that he does not do. Why does he not? Because he knows it is better not to do so. All we have to do is to imitate him. It is not for us to guide him, and we must be happy about it. It is a great relief to have only to obey. You are quite right, Simon, says Jesus, who was walking ahead of them, apparently pensive. You are quite right. It is easier to obey than to command. It does not seem so, but it is. It is certainly easy when the spirit is good, and likewise it is difficult to command when the spirit is upright, because a spirit that is not righteous gives irrational orders and worse than irrational then it is easy to command but how more difficult it is to obey when a man is responsible for a place or a group of people he must always be charitable and fair wise and humble moderate and patient 
firm but not obstinate. Oh, it is difficult. For the time being you have to but obey. You must obey God and your master. You, and you are not the only one, wonder why I do or do not do certain things. You wonder why God allows or does not allow such things. See, Peter, and all of you, my friends, one of the secrets of the perfect believer is not to set oneself as the interrogator of God. Why do you do that? A soul that is not completely formed asks God. And that soul seems to be taking the attitude of a wise adult before a little schoolboy and says, That is not to be done. It is silly. It is wrong. Who is above God? You now see that under the pretense of zeal for John, I am being driven away, and you are scandalized. And you would like me to put matters right by polemizing with those who maintain such principles. No, never. You have heard what the Baptist said through the mouths of his disciples. He must grow greater, I must grow smaller. There is no regret in him, no clinging to his position. A saint is not attached to such things. He does not work to increase the number of his own followers. He has no followers of his own. He works to increase the believers in God. God alone is entitled to have followers. Therefore, as I do not regret that some people, in good or in bad faith, remain disciples of the Baptist, So he is not distressed, as you have heard, if some of his disciples come to me. He disregards such numerical pettiness. He looks at heaven, and I look at heaven. Do not argue, therefore, among yourselves whether it is fair or unfair that the Jews should accuse me of snatching disciples from the Baptist, whether it is just or unjust to allow people to say that. Those are the altercations of talkative women round the village fountain, saints, help one another. They give and exchange spirits with unreserved ease, smiling at the idea of working for the Lord. I have baptized, nay, I made you baptize, because the spirit is so dull nowadays that it is necessary to present piety, miracles, and doctrine in a material form to it. Because of such spiritual dullness, I will have to avail myself of the help of material substances when I want to make you work miracles. But believe me, the evidence of holiness is neither in the oil, nor in the water, nor in any other ceremony. The time is about to come when an impalpable, invisible thing, which materialists cannot conceive, will be the queen, the returning queen, powerful and holy with every holy thing and in every holy thing. Through it, man will become again the son of God and will work what God works, because he will have God with him grace. That is the returning queen. Then baptism will be a sacrament. Then man will speak and understand the language of God and will give life and life. He will give power of science and of strength. Then, oh, then. But you are not yet mature to learn what grace will grant you. Please help its coming by continuously training yourselves and forget useless and mean things. There is the boundary of Samaria. Do you think I ought to speak there? Oh, they are all more or less scandalized. I solemnly tell you that there are Samaritans everywhere, and if I should not speak where there is a Samaritan, I should not speak anywhere. Come, therefore, I will not make any effort to speak, but I will not disdain to speak of God if I am asked. One year is over, the second is beginning. It is between the beginning and the end. 
At the beginning, the master was still predominant. Now the savior is being revealed. The end will see the face of the redeemer. Let us go. The more a river approaches its estuary, the more it grows. I also am increasing the work of mercy because the end is approaching. Are we going towards some big river after Galilee, perhaps to the Nile or the Euphrates? Whisper some of the disciples. Perhaps we are going amongst the Gentiles, reply others. Do not speak among yourselves. We are going towards my end, that is, towards the fulfillment of my mission. Listen carefully to what I say to you, because afterwards I will leave you, and you will have to continue in my name. And the vision ends.